WBT Productions presents Hoshruba, Episode 5, The Ancient Scroll, Part 1. He was the leader of the Forgotten Ones who lived within the Dark Forest, and upon first glance, it was easy to see why. Old leader Dago was tall, his body covered with thick black fur. His eyes resembled something from a nightmare. They were large and crimson in color, and seemed to be faceted, shimmering, like those of an insect, only massive. It was strange, at least for those outside of the forest, to hear this strange, inhuman being speak. Kill him. Old Dago's voice carried a guttural resonance. He belongs to those who sent us away to die in this wretched place. And then what? What do we do when they send more seeking revenge? The man who stood before the leader appeared to be just that, a normal man. But as none of those living within the forest could be considered normal men, he too was different from those who resided behind Hashruba's walls. His name was Zurat, the young leader of the third of the Forgotten Ones in the Dark Forest. The first distinction was his height. He was significantly shorter than the average Hushrubian, or even human at the time, barely reaching the shoulders of most men. But much like his superior, it was the eyes that proved most unique. Unlike Dago, his were pure white, lacking an iris or pupil. No one knew what went on behind those milky eyes. We must convince him we are of no danger to him or his people. His people, the leader scoffed. Do you forget our own origin? The other ignored this challenge. He had no desire to engage the leader in a debate that would lead nowhere. If we don't do this... Do not attempt to sway me as you do with the others. I am still in command here, and until I am dead, it will remain so. The leader turned away. The conversation finished. Kill him and drag his body to their doorstep. That is my final word. The leader walked into the forest soon disappearing from view. Young leader Zorab quickly bowed his head. This, he knew, was madness. An action tantamount to a declaration of war. A war that would certainly prove to be their extinction. His leader was right about one thing, however. Zorab's ability to sway others was indeed real. Whether it was natural or born from magic, he knew not. But it was a useful ability and one he must use to its full capacity if he wished to save his people. 
the same time as this went on, Kopala was trying his very best to escape his bonds. He knew eventually his captors would have no further use for him, and it was in his best interest to free himself as quickly as possible. Upon gaining his freedom, however, there was still a problem to face. Well, more than one if he were to encounter any of these monsters after he escaped. But his first concern was indeed more pressing. How was he to return home to Hoshruba? He arrived through water, yet he questioned whether Portal was still accessible, or if Luca could even be able to bring him back at all. But first, he reminded himself, escape. He gritted his teeth, closed his eyes. Wait. A voice emerged from the darkness. Kopala looked up to see a slight figure standing a number of paces in front of him. This one seemed easy enough to defeat, unless there were others hidden just out of sight. Come closer. Or is this some new form of torture? The small figure stepped out from the shadows. Don't worry. He said. I'm sure you'll have no trouble slaying me, should you wish. It was as if he had read Kopala's thoughts. Interesting. Where are the rest of you? I am alone. The figure moved closer. It was Zurab. He reached for Kopala's bonds and set about quickly freeing him. As the rope fell to the ground, Kopala rubbed his sore wrists. So I am to believe I have been freed? I think you would have been able to do so yourself, if you were so inclined. But to save you the trouble, I will tell you their plans. They have none. Kopala didn't know what to think. Why would this creature wish to aid him? What could it possibly gain? Was it a trap? But if so... Why? What was this enemy's purpose? I see the questions racing through your mind. The other now stood only inches from him. But there is no time to address them all. The only one you should be asking is, can I trust him? Curiously, Kopala knew that he could. The slight creature smiled and turned to lead Kopala away. When you reach Hashruba, all I ask is that you do not cast us in so vicious a light to your king, if you so choose to speak of us at all. But, as you say, your people seem to be in conflict. Or is it worse than that? Are we at war? The other took a moment to think. Well, perhaps we might be once they find you gone. The other smiled as he made his way into the darkness. Where are you going? To the river. That is your way home, correct?
He was known to the people of Hoshruba as King Batrastwise. Although to Queen Gulisa, his wife, he was known only as Batrast. With her, he could shed the weight of his responsibilities, at least for a time. Soon, however, this would no longer be possible as the queen was dying. Her illness attacked with a severity unlike anything ever before seen by wizards and doctors alike. Both human and arcane knowledge continued to fail her. Even the scholarly Luca was baffled. He suspected that it could have some connection with the attack on their wall, but even that knowledge was little comfort to Batrast. For all the power he held, the mighty king could do little else than kneel at her bedside, hold her hand, and offer what little comfort still remained with him. Gulisa looked at him, struggling to smile. The strength to talk had long since vanished for her, but she remained aware. Needlessly cruel, he thought, that her body should waste away while her mind stayed as alert as ever. He wished morbidly that her mind would fade with her body, so she would at least be spared awareness of her own decline. Maybe then he could find some peace with this turn of events. He would know that any lack of closure would not be the fault of his own pride or his shame. Batraz watched as Gulisa's eyes drifted shut. He opened his mouth to speak, but decided against it. He did not want to risk disturbing any rest the queen might still manage for herself. Her head nodded to the side. Despite the king's scrutiny, it was hard to see the feeble rise and fall of her chest at times. He was always afraid it had stopped. His hand lightly traced her cheek. She was damp with sweat, but warm to the touch. Batraz bowed his head and silently wept. His wife, his love. This was all there was left for him. Training time at Abu Talib's camp was always cause for celebration. Today was especially interesting. Cass picked up his weapon. I feel fine! Cass roared at his opponent. Do you want to trade or be my wet nurse? Cass's opponent scowled. Very well, outsider! He roared back. Let us trade! Cass's father watched uneasily as the men began to spar. There was something strange about Cass ever since his return from the hunt. His ferocity was much greater than a practice spar between young warriors warranted. At ease, Cass, murmured Arth. He had taught his son to fight, and his forced servitude under Abu Talib had only made him stronger. But this was extreme. Cass easily dodged his opponent's next blow, as well as the one after. He was smiling, thought his father, in a disturbingly cruel way. 
He could see the other man's fearless facade chip away with each strike from Cass's weapon. Cass? He had seen enough. This ends now. Any longer and Arth knew Cass would have the soldier's blood on his hands. A fearful thought crossed Arth's mind. Was it possible that this was not the same man who entered the dark forest a mere week ago? He screamed louder than before. Cautious, he slowed his approach. His hand gripped tighter upon the hilt of his weapon. Cass leapt toward his opponent, his blade coming down like an executioner's axe. The soldier fell, his own blade ripped from his hand. Now his veneer was shattered, leaving bare the young man's face, stricken with fear of death. But then, Cass stopped. The blade halted short of his mark. He stepped back, dropped his weapon. Father! Barely a whisper, he turned to Arth, fear and confusion in his eyes. I'm not myself! Then he collapsed. Dak did not speak. He had learned long ago that when Luca spoke, it was highly unwise to interrupt. So he sat with Luca in the Chamber of Magic, his full attention on his master. Dak had just completed his reading of the ancient scroll found within the ruins of the Broken Wall, and as usual, he had many questions. Master, it all seemed so cryptic. Perhaps you might... I wish I could. Lucas sighed. This was the first time Dak had seen his master as anything less than a man of full power and knowledge. It was as if his age had finally caught up to him, made him seem... May Samri forgive him for these thoughts. Like an old man. For the first time, Luca had no answers to his questions. And this, perhaps, was what frightened him the most. I believe my predecessors were not unwilling to impart such knowledge. I believe they were unable. Luca stood, gathering the scrolls in his hands. I must believe this. Anything less... Suddenly, Luca straightened and took on his usual persona as a man of power. He turned to Dak. And you will not tell anyone of this. Neither here nor in your travels. And further, you shall make no use of magic in your time away from here. We must keep every aspect of Ushruva secret from the world of men. Luca caught his eye with a stern look. The walls of Ushruva, they are compromised. And we must find a way to change this. The region he was to venture to was not a place Dak had ever wished to be. The Dark Forest. Though its mysteries were as impenetrable as the forest itself, if this was where the scroll led him, he had little choice in the matter. Luca took Dak's hand in both of his. Now you understand. Dak understood. Yes, Master. But why me? 
Luca's annoyance at his constant questions seemed less important now. Why must you know? There was not a hint of annoyance, nor anger in his voice. Luca was clearly curious, which lessened Dak's anxiety considerably. I suppose not, Master. I will attempt my task to the best of my abilities regardless. I will do anything for Hashruba. Luca smiled at Dak. But you're afraid. Yes. And that is why I have chosen you. You know the dangers, the risks. And you know fear. That means you are the best prepared for such a journey. Luca released Dak's hand. He stood, and the expression of annoyance that Dak knew so well returned. Any more moronic questions? Or are you ready to do as I command? Dak bowed his head. On the next episode... Behind the fiery walls of the Rub Akali, the fire jinn had torn through the halls with abandon. Amaril strolled along a section of corridor. One of the few survivors leaned heavily against the charred wall. Guardsman! Sir! How did this happen? Is the creature still here? Sosruko sat inside his meager dwelling within the dark forest. Mike, I don't understand why you persist with your spying on me. Now tell me what I wish. Why did you send one of your fellow beasts into the camp of Abu Talab? Now answer me. Medisa saw her mother's head turn toward her. She knelt down beside her mother. Hello, mother. I wanted to ask. Ask for your blessing. Her mother's eyes darted to the left. There was a small table beside the bed. A single drawer. Something you want? The queen blinked. In the drawer. Badisa opened the narrow drawer. Inside, a folded parchment envelope. What is it? For some reason, she knew that upon opening it, everything would change. The walls fell. By that time, almost all had died. Slain. Luca pitched forward plunging from his bed inside the library onto the cold stone beneath. The dream still held tight to his mind, but slowly it faded. No, not a dream, a prophecy. No time. We have time. He knew this was not the last he would see of this dream. This has been Hoshruba, Episode 5, The Ancient Scroll, Part 1, created by WBT Productions. Written by Brent Beebe. Produced by Farouk Shah Khan. Directed by Elia Rep Hernandez. Sound mixer and sound editor, Raina Randolph. Sound recordist, Jensen Young. Sound mixer, post sound, and sound editor for credits, Sophie Huang. Narrated by Darren Johnson. Voiceover artists, Jonathan Lacosto as Dago. Jonathan Lacosto as Zurab, Jeffrey Gilbert as General Kapala, Robin Shield as King Betraz, Nima Yazdani as Cass, Nabil Ahwad as the Arabian Soldier, Steve Gray as Art, Jonathan Lacosto as Doc, Bruce Kaplan as Luca. Credits voice by Steve Gray. Stay tuned for Hoshruba, Episode 5. The Ancient Scroll, Part 2.